0: What's today's talking about? Well, it's actually another live edition recording session of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast with a very special guest. And I wanna introduce you to that very special guest in just a second, but I do wanna say that the key thing to take away from this conversation today, I mean, there there are gonna be a ton of takeaways, believe me. But one of the big ones is, podcasting is not just a good uh, strategy for people who podcast themselves, host their own podcast, but it's a really great strategy for people who want to guest on podcasts, but perhaps what a lot of potential guests don't know, they don't know. My guest today is here to tell us all about that, and I wanna introduce you to him right now. In fact, I met Jason Sircone by being on his podcast, and we had a great conversation about the value of podcasting. Kind of. Uh, you know, just like everybody else talking about how it's a great multiplier for personal brands who really want to get themselves out there. And when we started talking, I was kind of talking from the, as a host of a podcast, it's a great way for me to get my personal brand out there. But as we talked, it became pretty apparent to me that what you were coming or the point of you, you were coming from was, yeah, but it's a really tremendous way for people who may not have the time, talent or ability to podcast, that doesn't mean you can't be on podcasts if you have the right strategy. And that's why I'm so happy to be talking to Jason Sircone today because he is actually the dude to talk to if you want to know how to put podcasting in your personal brand leveraging strategy even if you don't have a podcast. Am I Telling the truth about who you
1: are, what you do, and how you do it? Yeah, that's pretty accurate, DP. I mean, it is one of the common misconceptions with the podcasting space is that you have to have a show to maximize your time. And I'm here to tell you today that is not the case. And I think one of the more disturbing statistics that surrounds podcasts, and I, I I'll tell you, I just I actually just looked this up last night from the day that we're recording. It is something like 4.5 million registered podcasts right now, which is that number blew my mind because the last I had heard, it was just a little over 2.5. So I only referenced one article. Don't know how true that is, but the more disturbing part of that statistic was that like a fraction of that something around like 1 million and change were still producing their own shows. They're still producing new shows and new content. And The industry term for that is pod fading, meaning the podcast launched and then it faded away. And I think that one of the big reasons for that is that people start podcasts not really knowing and understanding how much work is involved with building a podcast. And DP, you can testify as much as I can. We are both podcasters. We know how much work goes into this. So for people that want to be a part of this world and be a part of podcasting, You don't have to have your own show to be effective. People like me, people like you, we're always looking to have interesting conversations, thoughtful conversations, and have that impact the audience that is listening to our show. In order to do that, we have to have great guests. So as a personal brand, as any type of personality that's looking to enhance your message, get it out to a wider audience, bring new people into your circle of influence, Doing it via podcast guest marketing is the way to go, because podcasts are incredibly popular. Before I finish this sentence, a new podcast will launch. There's so much going on in this space, and it's great to be a part of, but if you don't have the bandwidth in your day to produce a show, be a guest and make an impact that way. Yeah,
0: and I want to go back and underline that figure you came out with right up at the top. Five million podcasts, plus or minus. Right. Right. When I wrote my book, Nonfiction Brand, I actually looked it up, and that was about a year and a half ago, and it was under a million. And then I looked it up again maybe about four months ago, and it was 2.5 million. So the space is exploding hugely, as everyone knows, and especially if you like podcasts yourself, you know the value that podcasts bring. But what a lot of people, especially those newbies who are arriving in the podcast space, you alluded to it, it takes time. I don't know about you and your podcast, but if you aggregate every episode's time when it comes to scheduling and editing and posting and following up and making sure you've got a certain amount of marketing going on on social media, even if you're not paying for any of that stuff, it still takes time. I mean, I did the calculation for myself and it's, I'm gonna say right around 10 hours a week for a weekly podcast. Now, if you're working a 40-hour job, that's 25% of your job on top of the full-time job I already have. So if you do the math, I think there are a lot of people out there who'd like the benefit of podcasting without the, as you say, the kind of pain and maintenance of having a regular podcast. And again, that leads back right to you and your strategies about being a podcast guest. Now, when I started my podcast i'll be honest with everybody out there i was very very picky about who i add on because who i have on my podcast reflects directly on me and my abilities as a curator to bring smart people who have great things to share and say on my podcast but it frankly became harder and harder because i'll be honest with you i don't know that many people i'm on (laughs) podcast number this will probably go out in the 180s you know so I don't know 180 people. And even though my podcast comes out twice a week, so you divide that by two and you get a, a more reasonable number, 90. I don't even know 90 people that are really that smart that bring stuff to the table. So all of a sudden I'm having a little problem getting the quality of guest I wanted after I went through people. And if you listen to this podcast, you know, I, I'm not afraid to repeat people. If they're really great people on like Jay Bear and Mark Schaefer, I'm having them on. Probably once every six months or maybe even a year or something like that. But at the same time, I want to bring new people to the fore. I want to bring people like you in front of my audience so they can learn something new. And when I met you on your podcast, I'm like, dude, I got to have you on. But I'll be honest with you. The way that we got to know each other was through, call it an online pod brokering service, if you will. Podcasting Tinder. Yeah, well, exactly. It's it, you know, I swipe right on yeah. someone who you're matched with on a service called PodMatch. Now, I'm not a endorser or a, they don't pay me, but I get a ton of value out of PodMatch, so I I'm not afraid to direct people out to PodMatch.com all day long, whether you're a podcaster or a guest. But there mm-hmm. are other services out there. But the point I want to make is PodMatch. Just and this is the cool thing. You list what you're interested in, what you talk about, what you're expert in, and they find people who are looking for people who share a great amount of commonality. I think you and I matched at just under 70%. Right. Uh, and consequently, that caught my attention and that evidently caught your attention too yeah. because that's how we connected. And I'm super, super glad to have met you because everything that you say about the guest podcasting strategy that you've developed over time i'm like hallelujah if i get more guests who do what you tell them to i'm gonna have an even better podcast so i want to start by making it clear that you have something to offer people specifically if they go to your website
1: and why don't you tell us about that guide that you have developed yeah absolutely and i mean you you hit a very important point there dp it's the fact that This isn't just turn on a microphone, open your mouth, say some words, and at the end of the day, it all falls into place. There's a strategy to it, just like anything else. What I was discovering is that people were going at it with more of a haphazard approach, and they may have a great microphone voice, and and they may be very good at projecting themselves and telling their story to some degree. But in the long and short of it, what I was discovering was I felt like what I could do is take some of the experiences that I've had, both from hosting podcasts, from producing podcasts and being a guest on podcasts and teach others how to be the best possible podcast guest. And the result in that is that they'll win because they will be able to impact the audience they're speaking to and If they have a strong call to action, that audience can connect with them, learn more about what they do, and potentially become a customer. And even if they don't become a customer right away, they're now in the circle of influence. They can learn from you because you made an impact on them and provided value. At the same time, you're helping podcasters make better content. That's going to help them grow. That's going to help their show find more people. And it's just this very beautiful circle that keeps completing itself over and over because the more people are optimized to be a good podcast guest, the more impact they can make, the better the content is for each show they appear on. And then that show can then in turn use that content to attract more listeners because it's good content that people want to listen to and really learn from. So. I developed a podcast optimization guide that really addresses all of the items that you should be paying attention to as you get into podcast guest marketing. So it's sort of a boot camp, so to speak. But this guide is incredibly easy to read. I tried to add some entertainment to it as well. And it's gone through a few drafts and revisions ever since uh, I handed it out to some people to check out just to get their feedback. But it ultimately has landed in a way that as you absorb this information, you can, with confidence, start looking for the right podcast to be on. And if you want to use a service like Podmatch, it's incredibly valuable. You can get connected with a lot of people that are doing very similar things to you. So you know that your mission and your message aligns with their content, which is one of the big factors that we talk about in the very beginning of the optimization guide. There's also many agencies out there that are always looking to help people get booked on the right podcasts. So if you're in a position where you're fully prepared, you understand what the expectations are, you're not going into this thinking, all right, podcast guest marketing, I'm just gonna go on Joe Rogan's show and knock it out of the park and win. You can get over that real quick and start realizing that there's more value in the smaller audience riches in the niches, as our friend Pat Flynn would say, and I know I've heard you reference that on your show before, DP. Oh, yeah. Big fan of his. Yeah, it's incredibly true, though. You can make more of an impact on a smaller defined audience than you can going on a show that has this global reach, but it's very broad. It's not geared towards your mission and your message. So the optimization guide walks you through from start to finish. Here's what you need to know. Here's how you set up your goals. You build your plan of action. Here's how you start looking for the right podcasts, and these are things you should be looking for. Here's how you actually present yourself to that podcast versus just sending an email saying, hey, I'm really cool, you book me on your show. There's a method to the madness from start to finish, and that's really where I've put my, I put my eggs in this basket. I wanna make sure that as podcasting continues to grow, the guests that are coming in to help podcasters make their content are fully optimized, and ready to rock and roll when they turn on that microphone. I
0: think that's brilliant because podcasting is still a little bit wild westy when it comes to stuff. There are people trying all sorts of different things. And from the very beginning of my podcast, it's been unspoken, but everyone understood. I don't charge you anything to be on my podcast and you don't charge me anything to be a guest on my podcast because it's a win-win. It's a mutual beneficial uh, relationship. The funny thing is, I was just matched with somebody and it looked like their podcast was like perfect for me to be on as a guest. And my value to them is that typically if we get along well and just about every time we do, I invite them on my podcast. There's there's kind of a quid pro quo understanding. They wanted me to fill out a form, which is not unusual. I I don't make anyone fill out any form other than answer a couple of questions so I can have some stuff for my episode notes, like where people can follow you on Twitter stuff like that. And that's all beneficial to you. So taking two seconds to fill that out shouldn't be a big part of your day. So I fill out this thing. And then down at the bottom is a thing that says, if you miss the recording session, once it's scheduled, you will be billed $25 for a missed session. And I'm like, I have never seen that before. I certainly have never asked for that before. That's, to me, crazy, but uh, what the heck, I'm not gonna miss the session, so I'll go ahead and do that. I fill it out, and bing, two minutes later, in my email box is an invoice for $25. I'm like, we haven't even scheduled anything yet, and you're hitting me up for money? That is bogus. And so I I have to ask you, because you're very experienced in the podcast space. Can you talk about these issues about pay for play? Because there are pay for play podcasts. Mine isn't yours. Isn't, but
1: what should people expect if they want to become a guest is the first thing they do (laughs) is get out a checkbook. It's becoming more of a commonality. I mean, I know paywalls are becoming more of a thing. I mean, a lot more podcasts are asking for Patreon donations, things like that. I have seen some more quote unquote well-known shows. I mean, I don't think everyone is dropping the true size of their audience and download numbers to me are a flawed vanity metric, so I don't even want to bring that into the discussion, but I think it's, it's, it really depends on what they're using their podcast for. And in, in many cases, a lot of them are using it as a marketing tool, but they're going to use it as a way to generate content. Whether you feel the content of that show is something you want to pay for, look at it as a marketing investment if you're going to pay. In your case, DP, that is incredibly ballsy to say if you miss the recording session, then you'll get billed $25. I have seen things like that, and I've seen it not so much with podcast interviews. I've seen it more with consultations where if you have booked a consultation, then you don't show up and then say, oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. I want to reschedule. Then they'll say, "Okay, it's $25 to come on and talk with me now. That I get to a degree, I've never seen it with podcasting. But then to then bill you anyway, yeah, to bill me in advance, me, that is not. I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, that's not what it said. It, like, it wasn't. Bill- so that is to me that that is creating horrible upfront relationship building. And I mean, it's 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 a complete mess. Like it, I would never feel. I'd almost feel like this is nothing more than a transaction to this person. We're not gonna have a genuine conversation. I just want my money. Even in 25 bucks at that, that seems incredibly petty. I was so kind of cheesed off by that, that I contacted them
0: via the Podmatch messaging system. And I was very calm about it, but I just said, in my five years of podcasting, I have never once been charged in advance for anything in fact i've never been charged for any guest spot on someone's show i've never charged on my show so this is incredibly off-putting and the mm-hmm. person came back and was calm and said well you know how when you go to a doctor and you miss an appointment they'll charge you and i just wanted to scream back and say you're not a doctor you haven't you, missed the appointment yeah exactly it. give me a break so i I bring this up and i wanted to have this conversation just because it hit me the wrong way and i wanted to get your perspective because you're you know you're in a different part of the pod universe and yeah i know there are some pods that are charged pay for play a lot of them have to do with authors you got a new book you pay to be on this thing where you've got a lot of people listening to find out about new books okay i understand that but that was not what we were talking about. I was talking about providing you a platform in my podcast to help build, boost your personal brand. And the quid pro quo was that you would provide me potentially a spot on your podcast to do the same thing. And by the way, if you decided after we had our podcast conversation that I wasn't right for your show, I'd be okay. No harm, no foul. Not a problem.
1: Thanks a lot. Good luck with your podcast. I think it's more of a standard now to have a 15 minute discovery call before an actual interview takes place in that call. You can determine if this person is a good fit for your show. I've seen I've done those myself. I've been a part of those as the oncoming guest. So it makes more sense to do that versus immediately thinking that someone is going to respond positively to a charge to be on that show. And at the end of the day, I think it comes down to, again, the value that you're going to get from being on that show, you know, that they have an audience that's going to bring you hundreds of leads and expand your network and give you plenty of opportunities to grow and, and make money from that audience. If that's the case, $25 is a drop in the bucket. But to me, I mean, again, one of the big things I stress, and this isn't just with the podcast guest optimization, this is just everything I do, it's communication. If you're not communicating effectively, then you're not going to win. And podcasting is all about effective communication. And I've talked to people that have, I just wonder how they've gotten as far as they have.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know exactly. Because after this interaction, I'm like, not only will I not pay your $25, I don't want to be on your podcast. And if I run across anyone who's ever mentioned your name, I won't speak poorly about you. I'll just tell the truth about what you did and allow them to decide whether, are you kidding me? Because the fact is everything you do in life says something about you as a brand. It literally goes into your brand suitcase and you can have the most beautiful brand handle or brandle in the world that describes you as a, a whatever you are that is so attractive to other people. But your suitcase has all those other things in there. Things like, yeah, I charge people to be on my podcast. And when they question the charge, I then say, oh, if you need it waived, I'll waive it for you. And I'm like, you're implying that I need it waived as opposed to that it's inappropriate for you to even ask for this? Am I insane here? And I I guess I wanna underline that for listeners, which is if you choose to make guesting on podcasts part of your personal brand building strategy, Understand asking for money to be on a podcast is very rare. And when I say that, I'll bring up one of the guests I've had on recently, a young man from Singapore named Rayson Chu, who got Gary Vaynerchuk on his podcast, even though he's a young guy in Singapore. Do you think Gary Vaynerchuk asked for money to be on the the podcast? Or that Rayson Chu asked him to pay to be on his podcast? No, but here's the thing. Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk got to be Gary Vaynerchuk by saying yes, even to small podcasters all the way on the other side of the world. And I know why he did it because Gary Vaynerchuk probably said, you know what? I don't know how big my audience is in Singapore. If this guy can help me get more interest in Singapore, Singapore is the financial hub of Southeast Asia if I can get over there and start meeting more people in Southeast Asia, you can see the strategy at play, which is if Rayson knows 50 key people in Singapore, he's worth more to me than someone who has 50,000 Americans. Why? Because 50,000 Americans already have heard of me or can find out about me very easily. But if you met 50 key people in Singapore... That's where it goes back to what you were saying earlier about having small audiences be perhaps even more effective for you because they are so tight because they are so connected and they are so personally interactive. If you're one of 5 million, you're basically nobody to nobody. If you're one with 50 and all 50 like you, you write your own ticket over time, you know, but anyway, bottom line, Podcast, you want
1: to be a guest, don't pay and don't ask to be paid. Yeah, I, I would say if I mean the only time that I would pay is A, if they were upfront about how and why. And B, I felt like it was a meaningful investment that was going to help me. If my appearance was gonna go. I mean, I can know entrepreneurs on fire. has yeah. a $35 appearance fee. That show has a half a million downloads a month. Yeah. So if you look at that and say, okay, this audience is going to resonate with my message, it makes sense for me to make this investment. Then, by all means, make that investment. But if it's something that's ticky-tack like that, like $25 coming at you that you didn't even expect, that's a totally different story. And that, to me, is more of a communication issue than it is a ridiculous fee issue, although it is a ridiculous fee.
0: Well, it left a bad taste in my mouth, and consequently, that personal brand is dead to me. But I will tell you this personal brand is certainly not because Jason and I had a great talk on his Evolution of Brand podcast, which I don't know if it's come out yet. But if it hasn't, check it out. Check out Evolution of Brand because you'll get a lot more Jason goodness on it. And also search for the episode where Jason and I talk because I really enjoyed it. And I think that the listeners of the Nonfiction Brand podcast will get a lot out of it. But Evolution of Brand is not the only pod thing you've got going. What else do you have going on
1: in the podcasting space? Evolution of Brand is my podcast that allows me to have absolute tremendous conversations with professionals and entrepreneurs from all over the globe. And that's been my favorite aspect. And it's funny how things escalate as you get rolling. When I first started, I mean, I, I took a year to really plan out what I wanted this show to be. And when it finally came, started coming to fruition to where everything was in place, I had identified my ideal listener. I had built all the graphics. I I knew the format. I knew what I wanted to do. And I started reaching out to get guests on. I started meeting new people. I started meeting people that then introduced me to other new people. And it's just been a wild ride. And the conversations that I've got to have for me personally, that is enough to keep the podcast going. And I know that many people get into a funk with their podcast because they just don't see the numbers they were expecting. And, oh, I don't have enough downloads and no one's listening to this. And why is this just so bad? And I'm putting so much time into this. And that's where, you know, from a guessing perspective, from a producing perspective, you have to go back to square one and you have to define why you're doing this from the start. If you don't have a mission in mind with your podcast or even with your guesting efforts, you're going to fail your podcast as a podcaster. will It will go away because you will eventually keep deprioritizing it to a point to where it becomes nothing but a sunken rock in the ocean. And that's why there's so many podcasts out there. And that's where I say, if you start a podcast, you need to start something that you're passionate about that you can talk about when no one's listening. If you were sitting in a room by yourself, you could still talk about it and you'd still have fun doing it because the reality is in the beginning, that's how it is. You have to build your audience. And
0: that
1: was how, and I was able to get to that point through six years of podcasting experience through other shows that I'd attempted that I did lose my passion for. So I moved away and that's when I started reading, you know, I I took these lessons and I threw it all and made this amalgam with evolution of brand. This is what I want. This is what I know. And this is how I want to do it. And it's been no, I haven't regretted a second of it. And that's my big recommendation to podcasters out there when you're starting a show, make sure it's a topic that you can remain passionate about and value the conversations you're having over everything else. You just created a platform where someone else who shares your interests and shares your passions is agreeing to come on with you and talk about them for half an hour, for 45 minutes, for one hour, whatever. That's awesome. You get to talk about your passion for an hour and then put it into a format. that goes globally and it may not get discovered by the globe today, but it could get discovered by the globe next week, next month, next year. That's the beauty of evergreen content. Think of podcasting in that perspective and you're going to be a lot more successful. So your original question, DP, I feel like I've ventured off the path. Evolution of Brand was built in that framework and that's how I continue to roll out new episodes every Tuesday and then I do a recap episode every Friday where I'll add in a little tip or strategy or whatever like so I think I've had a couple Black Friday rants about why I hate Black Friday and things like that in the past I mean there's been all kinds of different things I talk about and then I'll give a sneak preview of the next episode too so every week I've got two episodes coming out the conversation episode on Tuesday is always a little bit longer. The the recaps usually anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And that is my way of connecting and networking and meeting new people and having great conversations. And that's stemmed into what I'm doing with podcast guest marketing and the whole optimization angle that I've put on this. I I realized that as I got into the, the world and started helping people get booked on podcasts, I started seeing how that side of things worked. I met a lot of people that are in that space. And what I realized was there's a lot of agencies that are helping people do this. I'm glad to be a part of it, but I want to do more. I want to help them understand this, this platform a little bit more. And that was where I looked at, okay, what can we do to make podcasts as a whole better? Hosts obviously need to focus on sound quality, focus on their overall production, focus on asking good questions and having meaningful conversations. The guests can come in and play a huge role in that. They just need to understand why and understand how and understand what they can accomplish from that. So I felt that providing that value was just as much more impactful than just being someone that helps them get booked on podcasts. Because as we know, we've talked about PodMatch as we've talked today, DP. Incredible service. And there's a lot of services out there like that. I feel... I am a big fan of Podmatch. That's one I'm personally involved with, but I know there's a lot of agencies out there helping too. And my goal is to help them have an easier job because if people can come to them with a better understanding of what they want to accomplish, that's going to help them find the right shows for them. And then goes back to the beginning. Everybody wins because the content is better because everybody's more prepared and has a better understanding of what they can achieve.
0: Yeah. Well, that's all great. And uh, you know, the stuff you share is so wonderful. I understand that you've got a, uh, well, number one, we're coming to the end of this week's episode, but don't worry. Jason's going to be back with me again next week. But before we go, Jason, I understand that you have a guide that's available for people to download that can get them started. And I hate to use the word journey because everybody does, but to get them started developing a podcast guest strategy that can work for them. Where can listeners of the nonfiction
1: brand podcast go to get that guide? I put together a blueprint for podcast guest optimization that walks you through all the steps to understanding what to expect from the network all the way up through getting booked and, and how to analyze your interviews and get results from those interviews. So the best place to visit is jasonsircone.com slash nonfictionbrand. And when you go there, you can connect with me on social media, but you can also get access to my free guide, which is called Guest Theory. 10 Tips for Becoming a Valuable, Fully Optimized Podcast Guest. So check out that page and you will get everything you need in regards to understanding what podcast optimization is, or I should say podcast guest optimization is, and how you can develop a winning podcast guest marketing campaign.
0: Oh man, you got to go people. You got to go to jasoncirconecom slash nonfiction brand. Ooh, I love that vanity URL because uh, it's definitely worth it. And by the way, I've actually taken a look at the guide and it is packed with information Practical information, I won't call it theoretical information, but when I say practical, I mean what type of microphone would be right, or what type of technology do I need to have? Can I do this from various platforms ranging from a smartphone to how much of a studio setup do I need to have? And the answers will frankly surprise you, because especially with smartphones these days, the sound quality can be pretty darn good, but Anyway, the guide looks at all that stuff, and again, you can find that at jasoncirconecom slash nonfictionbrand. Sircone is spelled C-E-R-C-O-N-E. As someone who very carefully spells his last name every single day, I appreciate people, especially on podcasts, who spell out last names like Circone. Anyway... Jason, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. We'll be back together again next week, but before people leave, I would love for you to like, subscribe, refer this podcast to others, and review it, because that really helps other people find it. Until next week, I'm D.P. Knutin, your host, and he is Jason Sircone. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.